Welcome to the Campus Rush Podcast. We believe that God will speak through this word and meet you right at the point of your need. We hope that God will bless you through this message. God, we worship you tonight. We give you all the praise and adoration. Father God, for you've brought us to another level and we are hungry for more. We are not satisfied. We are hungry for more. Oh God. Help us, oh Jesus. Help us, oh God. Help us, oh God, to have a desire for you, oh Jesus. Oh God, help us, oh Jesus. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Please have your seat. Give God some praise. There's a man in the Bible. Um, there's a man in the Bible who, after all he's been through, still had a desire for more profit. There's a man in the Bible that after all he'd been through, I mean, he had been through so much. The first thing that he'd been through is as a child, Pastor Oba, he was neglected. And when the prophet would come, instructed by God to pour oil on one of the sons of his father, he was not counted amongst the sons. In fact, the scholars in the Bible says that he was actually in the field. Some actually think that he was born out of wedlock, so he was put in the fields, prophet. What happened is that as the prophet came through to the house, he called for all the sons to appear, but he was not there. The Spirit of the Lord located him in the fields and brought him to the forefront for the oil. Now, that's the first thing that happened to him. So he was a man that was dealing with so much rejection on the inside of him, yet he still found a place to be able to play the harp before God. He still found a place in his life to be able to write songs unto God. He still found a way in order to touch the heart of God to the point whereby they would call him a man after God's own heart. Through series of events, Pastor Ryan, how it may happen, we don't know, but we understand that through the history and through time, he found himself committing adultery. Found himself in a place whereby he wasn't supposed to be, saw something he wasn't supposed to see, and ended up in a situation that he wasn't supposed to be in. He, he, he ultimately found himself committing adultery, and he had that on his life. Through life and how life would have it, he also then finds himself in a position whereby he's actually the accomplice or the chief strategist to a murder. And the murders of none other than the husband of the wife that he committed adultery, or the girl that he committed adultery with. And this is none other than you know his name. His name is David. David had one thing, um, Prof, that I love so much. And he had this, and, and it's that in spite of difficulties, in spite of problems, in spite of things that life is throwing at him, he found a way to be able to still touch the heart of God. I, I love that skill, and I, and I want God to really pour this out on every single person here. And I want us to be able to tap into that realm of relationship with God, that through trials and tribulations, we can still find a song to sing. Is anybody with me in this room? Like, we can still be able to find a song to sing. I wish we weren't streaming tonight. I feel like just talking to family, but it's all right. Um, come on, say hi to our online audience. Hi, guys. Hi, hi, hi. You know, um, but David had a way, Pastor Ryan, of, of connecting to the heart of God at all times. 
He, he was able to connect to the heart of God. And, and I find if I could put myself in David's shoes, of course I'm not David. But if I were to be David, I, I would, yes, love God. But I would also tell God that, God, you've created me to be a worshiper. But in this very moment whereby I'm an outcast, whereby I'm, I'm committed adultery, and whereby I was an accomplice to a murder, I feel as though my identity is not matching up to my reality. And I find myself in a position whereby these two things cannot intertwine with each other. And I don't know if you've ever been in that position before with what God has said about you is not what you're seeing currently. Anybody like that? Can I, can I see by raise a hand? What God is saying about you, what God has said about you, what God has decreed and declared upon you, what prophets have come and poured all the types of oil upon you and sprayed all the types of water upon you and laid all the types of hands on you, but yet still you are not seeing the manifestation of the identity you were once promised. David finds himself in this position many and many and many and many a times. Saints where his identity is not matching up to his reality, but yet through it all he finds something to do. There is a posture of his heart that church I want us to be able to grasp and get onto today. And it's found in Psalms 27 verses 4. We're going to go to it right now. Through all these trials and tribulations and, and with this man going through so much in his life, he ends up with this scripture. And it's a psalm that he's writing and he says this. He says, if you could put it up on the screen, Psalms 27 verses 4. He says, one thing I have desired of the Lord. I will preach itself. One thing I have desired of the Lord, that will I seek. That's what the, you know, the worshipers are singing today. That I may dwell in the house of the Lord. There's something about being in the house of the Lord. You see, David didn't say, God, I want to be at home so that your presence can come and find me. But he said, one thing I have desired of the Lord, and this one thing I seek the most is to lift. You can take me back to the version you had me in. I think it was NKJV, whatever version. That was lovely. Please clap for the audiovisual guys behind there. Whatever version you had, thank you. This is one thing I've desired of the Lord, that will I seek, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of our lives. I want you to just circle that if you're, you know, on your phone, if you're taking notes, just write this word down, dwell. D-W-E-L-L, dwell. We're going to do some work with that word today, dwell. Someone shout dwell. We're going to do some work with that word, dwell. Then it says this, all the days of my life, it says to behold the beauty of the Lord. And it says, and to inquire in his temple. Verses 5 says it like this, for in the time of trouble, he shall hide me in his pavilion. And, and I love this part. It says, in the secret place of his tabernacle, he shall hide me. In the secret place of his tabernacle. The tabernacle, if you, know the, you know, if you know the tabernacle, if you know the temple, you know there was the inner course, the outer course, the holy of holies, the holy place. There is so much we don't have time to go into it today. But he says that even through all of that, you will hide me not in the outer court, but in the secret place of your tabernacle. That means that there was a secret place where God desires for man to commune with him. You see, David found something, and I love it when it comes to God's relationship with David, guys, in church, is this, is that David had a way of not just getting into the tabernacle of God, but to find himself in the secret place of God. Someone shout secret place. 
if you tie these two words together, Pastor Oba, if you tie dwelling and if you tie secret place together, we found a scripture that brings it all together, and it's in Psalms 91. And Psalms 91 would say it like this, if we can bring it up. Psalms 91 would say this, would say that, for he that dwells, I know it by heart, but let's do it. One, two, three, can we read it? One, two, three, and go. So we have two lines here. He who dwells. We started off by looking at David. We started off by looking at Psalms 27 verses 4 and how God hides him in the secret place where he desires to dwell. And we find a scripture that brings it all together, JC. And it says this in Psalms 91. For he who dwells in the secret place. He who dwells. In the secret place. I looked at the word dwell. The word dwell essentially means to make residence. To make residence. It says, for he who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. The word dwell there, like I said, is to make your residence, or some versions would say, is simply to remain. Someone shall remain. Shout it again, say remain. It says, he who, if we can put the word there, he who remains in the secret place. He who doesn't make visits to the secret place. But he who remains in the secret place. Remains. Have you ever had to fight for something? Let me see about raising hands. You ever have to fight for something? I mean, if you're in this life, I mean, you fought to be here tonight. So... If you've ever had to fight for something, and you understand that sometimes you fight for stuff when you really don't want to. Sometimes you stay with stuff when it's not really a desire of yours, but you know that you're better off being somewhere else than where your mind or your heart wants to take you. It's all part of remaining in the presence. It's not every day that your mind will want to be in the house of the Lord. But there is a place of grace. And there is a place where when you come to the house of the Lord, you are under the shadow of the Almighty. To be under the shadow of the Almighty, church, means that you are simply under his watch. You're under his watch. To, to remain means that it's a fight for you to stay. But if you are here and God knows that you are remaining, he will cover you with his presence. I pray that God will cover you with his presence every day of your life. You see, the reason why many people won't shout amen to that is because remaining means you have to make a decision. And decision making means that there is bound to be something or someone that won't win. When you're in the process of decision making, uh, many of us make decisions differently. So many, many of us make decisions that are, you know, make all types of decisions. But when you're in the process of making decisions, many times you look at the process of elimination. You look at elimination, okay, this has this, or I cancel this out. This has this, or I cancel it out. But when it comes to being in the secret place, it's a decision not to just get there, but you have to make a decision to remain there. Am I talking to you tonight? You have to make a decision to remain. Tap your neighbor, say remain, 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 remain. 
Say remain. Say remain. Remain. You, you have to make a decision to stay there. All right? Now, the word secret place is broken up into two things. I'm just going to break it down really quickly. It's breaking down into two things. It essentially means secret, which is seether, means protection or cover. That's what it means. And then place means elion in the Hebrew, which essentially means supreme or highest. So if I can put those two together, it would basically read as this. He that stays in the cover or protection of the supreme or highest will abide under the shadow of the Most High. So we're looking at how, as children of God, not only can we come to the presence of God, but how we can remain in the presence of God. I'm sure there's some people, if you think about it, that even might have introduced you to this faith who are still not here. Or some people who might have invited you to a church or to a program or to whatever that are maybe not in the faith. It's because when we're running this race, it's not about starting, like I said two weeks ago, but it's about remaining and it's about finishing. It's not about the speed at which you finish. It's about finishing and completing the course that is set before you. Not everybody who starts this race ends the race. But I prophesy that you will end the race. Amen. Not only will you run the race, you will end the race well. You will end it well. Your amen is way too weak in this place. It's like suspicious almost like. I said you will. You're, you're going to end the race. You're going to run the course. You're going to end the race. Not everybody who goes to the secret place remains in the secret place. But it's in the secret place that God tells us secrets. That's why there's some people who have a deeper relationship with God. It's all relative. But one thing amongst many, that is the reason why God decides to give special revelation to people is because they find themselves in the secret place. Do you know you can be around the tabernacle? <laughs> and you can hear revelation from God. But when you make a decision to go to the secret place, you hear special revelation from God. Special revelation from God. It's my desire for each and every one of you that calls this place your home, for each and every one of you that comes under our leadership to not just be found in the tabernacle, but to make a decision to be dwelling in the secret place. Somebody say, I will dwell in the secret place. Understand that the devil will always fight where your spirit decides to dwell and remain. You'll always, always fight it. I mean, he'll bring suspicion. He'll bring rumors. He'll bring allegations. He'll bring so many different things. The devil will always fight where he knows is your place of destiny. Always, always, always. Why? You're saying this. I'm hearing this. Somebody's saying why. The truth of the matter is, is that the moment that you end up or you get to the place of grace, the moment that you get to the place of destiny, where your destiny is going to be exploded, the enemy knows that all you have to do is get there and remain there. But you know the trick of the enemy is that sometimes he'll watch you get there, but then he'll make sure that you won't be able to stay there. Understand what I'm saying tonight, that it's not just about entering, but it's about remaining. So the enemy will make it such that you can freely enter. Enter his gates of thanksgiving into his courts of praise. Come before boldly to the throne of grace where you obtain mercy and so on and so forth. But to actually remain there, he fights you. So what you have to do is you have to use your decision as a weapon. 
to stay in the secret place. What do you mean by that, Pastor Kofi? I mean every single day you wake up in the morning, you have to make sure that you're finding a way to connect to God in the secret place. Every day you wake up is is an opportunity for you to decide to be in the secret place. You know why it's so important to be in the secret place? Because the secret place, it does two things for us. Number one, what it does is that the secret place, it, it, it confirms you as a son or a daughter. Why? Because you have access. If, I, actually I remember, I remember one time I went to my friend's house, RIP, he, he passed away. I went to one of my, my best friend's house in the whole world. And when I got there, very simple, you know, very simple. When I got to the house, he went up to his parents' room. But that was a place that I couldn't go. So when it comes to God and when it comes to the Christianity and this Christian faith, we are seen as sons and daughters. So because we understand that we are sons and daughters, It affirms our identity in Christ by giving us access to things that ordinarily others won't be able to have access to. So because you are a son and a daughter, this is is basic gospel. Because you are a son and a daughter, you have access to secret place and secret mysteries and revelations. It's a right that you have that you need to begin to exercise. And number two, what the benefits of the secret place do for us. Number two is that it affirms your identity because you can relate to him in the secret place. It's it's an amazing thing when you can begin to relate to God, not just as this mystical thing in the sky, but when you begin to relate to him as a father, as somebody that actually cares about you and cares for you. If you know that he's somebody that actually cares for you and is thinking about you and you have him on, or or he's, you, you're on his mind, rather, then you understand that he's always thinking about how to advance you. He's always thinking about how you can commune with him. You have that access to God through identity. Those things are all found in the secret place. So things and benefits of the secret place. The sad thing about it, church, and one thing that breaks not, not my heart, one thing that, that, that I struggled with is this, is, is that many of us see the access point to the secret place, And we enter the secret place, but we enter and we leave. And we begin to use God like a genie. I heard this in a song the other day. It says we use use God as a slot machine. Where we put our prayers in and when we pull, blessings come down. So it's like, is he only good for blessings? Is God only, like, are we going to only limit God to miracles? Are we only going to limit God? I'm really just trying to speak to that. Are we only going to limit God to breakthrough? No. It's like the the modern Christianity, 21st Christianity faith is miracle signs, wonders, breakthrough. Like that's all everybody wants. But God didn't sit in heaven to send his son Jesus. He did not come in human form and flesh to come and die so that his blood will be shed just for four things. come just for breakthrough. No. He came for the four square gospel. 
He came, he came, he came from many things. He came to heal us of our diseases. He, he came to open eyes of the blind people. He came to, 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 to rescue us from our curses. He came for all types of things. It's not just the five breakthroughs that we're we want from God and the job that we want to get. No, God is beyond just getting you a job. God is the one who sits back in heaven who orchestrates this. He orchestrates, how can I not just get you a job, but how can I give you an idea to blow you up as a millionaire? See, God is not just thinking about letting you work a nine to five. God wants to put you in a position where you can employ people to work nine to five. Understand this, that God, he's beyond what you can think. His thoughts are not our thoughts. His ways are not our ways. It's us that put him in a box. Why? Because we are no longer in the secret place, but we are around it. We're around the secret place, but we're not in the secret place because we go in and out. But I really heard it so clearly as I was praying today. God specifically told me, he says, Kofi, tell my children tonight, I'm tired of them going in and out. I'm looking for residents. I heard it prophetically. I heard it prophetically. I heard it prophetically. He said, I'm tired of in and out Christianity. It's not every word you would like, but it's not my job to give you sweets. It's my job to give you a balanced diet. And I really heard it in my ear. I heard it in my ear. He said, I'm, I'm tired of in and out Christianity. I'm tired of it. You guys have this stuff? Bring, bring it. Let me, let me demonstrate so it's, it's, it's very clear. It's very, very clear. I'm very passionate about this because I'm even trembling as I'm speaking because I heard it so clearly. I heard it so clearly. And it was a rebuke. And I heard it so vividly and so clearly. So, so clearly. You see, this is what, could you just put it up? You guys can come and just kind of hold it up, and we're going to create a little tent. Yeah, let's little, just hold it up. See, and this is what happens. You're coming to light, so for the children of the light, let's come to light. Amen. Amen. I need one more person. Can you hold this end for me? Someone just run up and hold this. Oh, beautiful. Thank you, sir. So this is what happens. So this is the secret place that we're looking at, right? So the Bible says we're looking at a covering secret place we're looking at a covering that is elevated with the most high so the bible says that he who dwells in the secret place the most high shall abide under the shadow the shadow the shadow of the almighty he will abide under the shadow of the almighty so this is the place of grace this is where we're meant to be but this is what happens so god was telling me prophetically he said that we go in god we love you god we love you and then we come out if you go to genesis 127 if you can go there you'll see this in the scripture perfectly it says that we're made in the image of christ we're made in the image of Christ. That means that when we were born, we were born with his image. We, we look like him. Our DNA is like him. Do you know when we're most not like him? When we're not with him. So, so, so this is what happens. Hold up. So this is what happens. So when we go in, then our faith begins to change and we begin to be made into the image. Why? Because we're not in the secret place. And God can't deny us from getting here. And the devil won't stop you from getting here. But he stops you from... From... Staying, remaining, remaining, so that he brings distractions and, and boys. And all of a sudden, it's like, nobody in the church likes me. And all of a sudden, it's like, they won't let me do this in church. And, and they won't let me do that in church. And, and all of a sudden, there's controversy around the place that's meant to be a secret place of dwelling. And all of a sudden, you find yourself leaving the secret place. 
And when you leave the secret place, this is what happens, is that you are no longer now being made into the image. Now your image is being distorted. I'm not a photographer, but I know that if, if he's a photographer, there's times where your pictures are distorted. There are things that are compromising the image. You have too many things compromising your image. Because your image is the Jesus image. So when you were born, you were born like God, in the likeness of God. The moment you come out of the secret place, slowly but surely, things begin to shift. And it's not immediate. God is the only boss that will fire you without giving you a letter. You won't know you've been fired, but you will operate and you are doing things in church and all of a sudden things are normal, but then I've, I've hit a drought. You haven't hit a drought. You always had access, but every time you go in, <laughs> you come out. And, and God is telling me so prophetically. He's not looking for in and out Christians, especially in this church and especially in this generation. Do you know why? Because God wants people he can trust. He wants people he can trust. And, and so we come in and we come out and we come in and we come out. So we come in and, and God sees us and he says, what is happening to you? What has happened to you? And then we go and we plead, God, please. And we cry and we come to the altar. Please restore us. Please restore us. And because of God's mercy. He's so merciful. Oh, my gosh. Oh, come on. Just thank God for his mercy. Oh. When you didn't have it together, he still took you in. When you were broken, he still brought you in. You were sleeping in the church, and he still brought you in. You messed up every night while doing ministry, and he still brought you. Oh, my God. Oh. My goodness. You fail him, but he still brings you. So he comes and he says, my child, what is wrong? And you say, father, because you have that secret place. And secret places of intimacy. Secret places identity. So he affirms your identity. And he gives you fellowship. So you're restored into the image that you were originally designed to be. But then, as life would have it, you slowly find your way out of the shadow, the covering of God. You go out. And what happens is things that normally didn't upset you now upset you. So you're not normally a jealous person, but now you're jealous. You're, you're not ordinarily a prideful person, but now there's some elements of pride in you that you don't understand how it would happen. I'll tell you how it happened. Is that now your image is changing. You're in the process of heart transformation. And not in a good way. So, pastor, what do I need to do? Well, I think it's... It's quite evident. Enter his gates with thanksgiving. Into his courts with praise. David messed up, but he always had a way back. He always had a song on his lips. The more I get to know God, the more I get to understand that, man, God, he can never turn down a sweet melody. An honest melody from your heart. It's not about the voice, it's about the heart. And as you feel God's and, and, and as you begin to, Father, oh my God. And, and as you begin to come into his courts of thanksgiving, into, into his, his gates, his, you understand what I'm trying to say. You get back under, you get back under the covering. 
It's almost like the prodigal son in Luke 15 that went out and he spent his money on wild living. Luke 15, 11. He went and spent his money on wild living. And it says that as he came back to the covering, as he came back to the secret place, what happened was this. The father met him, gave him a ring. The father met him, hugged him, threw him a party, restored him. He did all that he had to do. Why? Because the father understand that all it takes is for one person to make a decision. It's all about decision. But the moment he made a decision to come back, the father said, you know what? Every morning I've been standing here waiting every day for you to come back. That's why when you were coming back, I could have been in anywhere in my palace, but I stood at the front gate because I knew that every day I would stand there and one day God would touch your heart to come back. And God understood that your father had to be there as the son would be coming back so that if before he even enters, he's already restored because he was smelling. Because there were elements of him that weren't like the son of a king or a son of a rich man or the son of a wealthy man. So God comes and he meets you halfway. That's why I love God. Because he waits for a decision. As he comes to you, you come to him. So you draw nigh unto me and I will draw nigh unto you. So even before you enter the secret place, God has already met you halfway. And that is what you need to get here. Even before you get back under the covering, he's already met you outside the gate. Even before you go to the secret place, he's already met you outside of the tabernacle. He's already here. All he is doing is waiting for you to make a turn. And the only way you can make a turn is to make a decision to say, Father, every time I keep coming out and going in, but enough is enough. Right now is my moment. I'm making a decision to turn back and go back to where things make sense and to go back to the covering. Because if I dwell in the secret place of the Most High, I will abide the Almighty and I love the thing about the shadow because we can't see the light of God because he's too dense so God says that I can't show you myself but I can let you enjoy my shadow you see my shadow won't kill you but my shadow will let you know my depth my shadow will let you know my width my shadow will let you know how wide I am and how much my love is for you. You can see me without seeing me. You can be protected by me. Why? Because what is a shadow? It's when light is trying to get on an object but something stands in between so it reflects off. So God is saying, I can't allow you to die even though I am light myself. I can't allow myself to kill you so I will protect myself from myself. God is making a simple wager tonight. Let's be on our feet. I didn't have time to get into the message. Thank you. Actually, you can stay. I'm just seeing something prophetically. Can we just swim a little bit? Can we swim? Can we just go in a little? I want to read this over you.
sit in the high God's presence. Spend the night in El Shaddai's shadow. Say this, God, you're my refuge. I trust you and I'm safe. That's right. He rescues you from hidden traps, shields you from deadly hazards. His huge outstretched arm protects you under them. You're perfectly safe. His arms fend off all harm. Fear nothing. Not wild wolves in the night. Not flying arrows in the day. Not disease that prowls through the darkness. Not disaster that erupts on high noon. Even though others succumb all around. Drop like flies right and left. No harm will even graze you. You'll stand untouched, watched, watch it all from a distance. Uh, watch the wicked turn into corpses. Yes, because God's your refuge, the high God, your very own home. Evil can't get close to you. Harm can't get through the door. He orders his angels to guard you wherever you go. If you stumble, they'll catch you. Their job is to keep you from falling. You'll walk unharmed among lions and snakes and kick young lions and serpents from the path. God is giving you all these benefits because of a decision to dwell. A decision to dwell. Just whatever. This is this is a truly 
making a decision. A decision. A decision to turn. A, de a decision to turn around. A decision to find yourself walking towards the secret place and not to come here to visit but to come here to make your residence to stay here to sit here to dwell actually means to sit to sit here to sit here to gaze upon his beauty to inquire in his temple because this is the one thing that I have desired of you Jesus God, I'm coming back. If the tears flow, let them flow. If, if you have to go on your knees, go on your knees. This is the moment where everything changes. You are coming back. You are coming back to this secret place. You are coming back. 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 God has been looking for you like a father. God has been looking for you standing on the porch every day, wondering when you would come back. And right now you've made a decision to turn back and to come back to the secret place, to come back to a life of prayer to come back to a life of devotion to come back to a life of praise and worship to come back to a life of serving and ministry God is looking for you come on begin to cry out to him right where you are begin to cry out to him right where you are God? Can I obey God? Oh, can I obey God? Can I obey Him? I'm just thinking we're just going to hold it up and I want folks to just, just walk. We're just going to walk through it. And they're going to walk through like this. Just going to walk through it. Walk through it. This is you coming back. This is you going. You're coming back under the shadow of the Almighty. The shadow of the Almighty. You're just, you're coming under the shadow of the Almighty. This is what I see prophetically. This is what I see. This is what I see. You're coming back. You're coming back. As you walk under this, some of you guys will feel an anointing. As you walk under this, some of you guys will just feel wholeness in your heart. I'm, I'm just seeing it. As you walk, you can go back to your seats. I'm just seeing this prophetically. Come on, make this decision. Jesus. You're coming back to that secret place. You're coming back to that secret place. You're coming. Oh, I feel it. Oh, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. A new relationship with Jesus. A new relationship with the Master. A new relationship with Abba. I feel it in the realms of the Spirit. Thank you, Jesus. 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 Newness. Newness. If you just want a new relationship with God, just walk underneath it. 
I feel an anointing. Just, just walk underneath it. You're being made whole right now. Just walk underneath it. Just walk underneath it. That's all. I feel, oh my God. I feel something my goodness I feel an anointing I feel an anointing thank you Holy Ghost thank you Holy Ghost thank you Holy Ghost thank you Holy Ghost there is an anointing a freshness a newness a newness a newness a newness a newness of relationship you are coming back under the shadow of the Almighty you are coming back under the shadow under the shadow thank you Holy Ghost thank you Holy Ghost thank you Holy Ghost Thank you, Holy Ghost. And everything There's a change here. I'm sorry, Lord, for
that you will encounter every single person here tonight and you will allow your shadow your glory your presence to rest upon every single person do all that you can as we do all that we can thank you Thank you for tuning in to the Campus Rush Podcast. If you enjoyed this message and want to partner with us, visit us at www.campusrush.org to become a global partner or to partner with us in giving.